listening to the Pasco Podcast with Mike Carvalho. Welcome to Season 3 of Pasco Podcast, a series about leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the nearly 600,000 people of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. This podcast is designed to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Mike Carballa, and welcome to our 32nd episode of Pasco Podcast. Today, we actually have a very special treat for you, as well as myself, for all of you outdoor enthusiasts. In honor of Parks and Recreation Month, joining us today from our Parks, Recreation, and Natural Resources team are Assistant Director Christina Cordon and Parks and Recreation Manager Brian Taylor. Christina, Brian, welcome to the podcast today. Uh, Just really happy to have you guys here. I love our parks. I love everything that you guys do, and I know our citizens do. It's always reflected in our surveys, so fantastic work that's going on out there. So- Tell us a little bit about yourselves and quite honestly, how Pasco became so lucky to have you guys. Christina? So um, I came here from the National Park Service. Um, When I went, finished graduate school um, in Washington, D.C., I got a job at Assateague Island National Seashore. I worked there doing vegetation management for a couple of years. The cold weather is not my favorite thing. So after a couple of years and a lot of snow, I decided to kind of move down um, where um, in Pasco County is close to Pinellas, so that's where I went to undergrad school. So I kind of wanted to kind of come back to where I originally started going to school. And my family is in Orlando, so it kind of, you know, it worked out that Pasco was here. Um, and I originally, since I did vegetation management, um, Pasco had a position in land management, managing all of our preserves and conservation areas. So it was just a really good fit for me. Wow. And, and we have a lot of land here in Pasco County that is preserved. I, I think the number is somewhere around 25 percent or so. Uh, we'll never actually get touched or developed because yep. of the efforts that your team and that we've we've done uh, in terms of conservation. Talk to me a little bit, though. I find that interesting. You went to school for this, so you must have had an idea early on. I wanted to work in parks. Tell, what what sparked that desire? Absolutely. So I'm from Puerto Rico. I'm okay. from a small town where we were always outside. We were always boating. We were always doing outdoor recreation and camping. And so ever since I was young, I always wanted to do something outside, something in the outdoors. So originally I went to go to school for marine biology, thinking I was going to be, you know, on these boat uh vessels out doing research, but I quickly found out that's a lot of lab work and it just was not for me. So when I went to um, undergrad after the first year of marine biology, I switched to environmental science. Um, And so it kind of just continued that love and spark for the outdoors. And so I just kind of stayed on that career path because it ultimately gave me the opportunity to just explore all careers um, kind of in the outdoors. That's fantastic. Brian, same thing. Tell us about your path to Pasco. Lived in Pasco County almost my entire life. I'm a graduate of Ridgewood High School. So I actually went to Midi Pelock Elementary <laughs> School. I've been here my whole life. Uh, graduated of Ridgewood High School and was recruited to play football. That brought me to Roanoke, Virginia, beautiful place. And um, majored in recreation and leisure, minored in psychology. Ended up, while I was in college, I came home and actually worked summer day camp between my junior and senior year. So um, I go way back. So uh, 
then graduated from college, came back home, applied for some jobs, and I had a really good experience with the summer camp, came in in an entry-level position, worked my way to, way up. And No kidding. Since, so yeah. Pasco, really kind of your, your first stop yeah. is a, yeah. as a I career and had been here for that long. Well, yeah. That's fantastic. Glad to, thanks for thanks for being here for so long yeah, and being, being loyal it. and dedicated to the organization and to our citizens. So- Obviously, you guys are advocates for for parks and recreation, and and this is National Parks and Recreation Month. Any words, you know, talk about the significance of that? You know, either either of you just kind of chime in on your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, the first thing, <clears throat> my shameless plug today for recreate mm-hmm. your mind. You know, uh, mental health is. I, I think the the statistic right now since COVID is one in five people have mental health issues. So I think past or. Uh, Parks and Recreation is a huge uh, place for that. We we learned mm-hmm. that during COVID, where people could come and and get outside. Um, yeah, it's it's really funny, right? You know, I, even in my neighborhood, which has got a lot of outdoor stuff, I noticed that when COVID hit. Um, my goodness, it, it actually looked like all the architectural pictures and renderings with the people actually walking yes. down the streets yes. and jogging yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And that lasted about a month or two. But but you're right, you know, that yeah. that really kind of showed the importance of that because people were all cooped up. So uh, that that's fantastic. And, and it brings communities together. Mm-hmm. There's obviously economic benefits of parks and recreation. So all those things to be celebrated in July is, is very important. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Christine, anything to add there? So I think it's, you know, it's been a nationally recognized kind of month since 1985. And so it's it's kind of a way to recognize the parks and rec professionals as well as basically what parks and rec do, which is what Brian says, right? Bringing communities together, you know, kind of being resilient to things that are happening. So it's just a way for the community and people to get together and enjoy, you know, being together. Any special plans you guys can uh, give us a little hint on or we got anything planned for the month of July? I know for and at SunWest Park on July 14th, we have a special with uh, veterans actually. Okay. So for veterans that come out with their families, they can do snorkeling, kayaking, swimming. Uh, it's going to be a great day, great beach day for awesome. them. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And with, with scalloping season two, yeah. we've got yes, a, lot exactly. of, a lot of great integration there on that side of the house. Well, great. Well, most people don't see all the work going on behind the scenes, you know, in, in running the parks. Can you touch on some of the important work that your teams do behind the scenes to really make make our parks work? So, I mean, I think for us, it's something that kind of goes back when our parks department merged and became the Parks and Recreation Natural Resources Department. So one of the things that at least behind the scenes, us managers and leaders end up doing is making sure that we communicate, right? Not to just our external customers, but all of our employees, because I feel like something that we've been working a lot on is kind of bringing our department into more of a family environment where we, everyone, um, Um, you know, kind of is aware of what's going on, kind of bringing everyone together, gathering input from each other. Mm -hmm. So I think something that we've been really working on is kind of how to build that, you know, community together just within our department. Because at the end of the day, the more feedback and the more input we can get from our team members who are doing the work out there for our citizens, the better we can serve them. And so ultimately, the better they can serve our community. So that's been one of the many things that we, our management team has been focusing on, because that trickle down effect really does ultimately impact our team and the community. Yeah, that's that's so, so true. Brian, how yeah. about you? I just think of the summer day camp program. We yeah. just kicked it off last week. And, you know, I think that first Monday morning, people come in and the doors are open, but there are countless hours and, and months of work that go into that. I think we run over 
over 70 field trips. Uh, you have the guest speakers. We hire about 80 people to, you know, seasonal staff to run the, the sites. So there's so much work that goes into that. Our team does an amazing job with it. And I just don't, I don't think people, Rick, you know, always know how much work that Yeah, you're is. not exactly going out there and winging it. There's a exactly. lot of, a lot of, yes. careful, <laughs> yes. a lot of yes. careful planning that goes into it to make it an experience. And for, exactly. and for some folks, uh, you could create the experience of their life that they'll always remember and carry yeah, along absolutely. with them. So um, let's talk about leadership for a second in the Parks and Rec field. What does that look like to you first, Brian? What, is, what does leadership in Parks and Rec look like? For me, it's servant leadership. Um, I got to be honest with you. I was so excited, and I, I know mm -hmm. your, your management style is the same way. But when Mr. Biles came in, I remember us all being there as managers, and him addressing the room. And one of the first things he said, what he talked about, was servant servant leadership. Mm -hmm. And I've always believed in that. I know Keith and Christina. We've always believed in that. So um, that's 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 a big deal for me. You know, mm -hmm. serving. Uh, I think I think in the the Gospels it says the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Mm -hmm. You know, and that if there's one good example of that, that would be it. So um, I believe in serving our people, and I and I think that culture doesn't always look at it that way. You know, they, I don't like this word, but the word boss. Yeah, and, the boss is yeah, the, the boss, boss and that's this, that's exactly. it, right? And, and um, I, I really like to see that the opposite way around where, yes, we're holding people accountable. We might be giving assignments, but we're here to serve our people. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And I think if you extract that and you keep that model going and, and folks see that and they trust in that, I think you'll see that that accountability, um, everyone's accountable to each other. Of course. And, and there's really no need to be that boss boss, you know, that, that people always look so negatively on, has such a negative connotation right. to it. Christina, same question. What do you, what, so what does that look like? Kind of along the lines with Brian, I think as a department, I think we've been successful primarily because of our servant leadership. So I think as they see us that we're fighting for the things that our team members need, for the things that, you know, they makes their job easier to do. I think once we, um, you know, we've been successful at some of those things. I think it helps get some buy-in and understand that we are not just their boss. We're here to help them and we're here to, you know, have them have all the resources they need. So I think, um, I think in a matter that as long as we kind of continue that philosophy and not just necessarily from our management team, mm -hmm. but really from every level in our department as mm -hmm. well. Right. I think as long as we can keep those lines of communication and we can have feedback, you know, to us and feedback to them. Um, I think that's really been something that has made our team successful. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I mean, just some great, uh, great background into that folks, you know, as leaders, you know, removing those obstacles to folks' success. I mean, we can have great processes and great plans, but there's always things that that come in and get in the way, and it's and it's our job to remove those because we can't do everybody's job, okay. you know. And, and so it's our job to help folks get their job done in the best way possible. So that's great. Um, let's uh, any leaders in your industry who've influenced your leadership style care to for better or for worse. I mean, good so, leaders provide good examples, and there's also bad leaders. Correct. So I mean. In my, I've definitely had a mixed bag of both. Um, mm -hmm. I think um, some of my last, um, before I came to Pasco County, um, I had some not so great leaders. So mm -hmm. I kind of took, you know, some of the things that they did 
and learn from it primarily just because I knew that's not how I wanted to be supervised. So of course yeah. nobody wants, you know, to do that to anybody else. So I think I learned from them, but primarily in in my opinion, someone who listens to their team members, someone who gives them guidance, someone who lets someone, you know, make mistakes, helps them. Those are the character traits that ultimately has made me kind of be the leader that I am today, just mm-hmm. kind of learning from example, learning from what others have, um, and really um, we focus on kind of like one-on-ones and just getting a lot of feedback. Um, those types of you know traits or comments that have been made, those have kind of shaped me on how I ultimately you know am someone's supervisor. I mean, I supervise Brian, so I'm sure he can tell you how I am as a supervisor. She's a servant leader. Do you really want to, Brian? <laughs> oh, okay, She's a servant leader. <laughs> any any mentors uh, in your life or uh, folks that you consider mentors that have kind of helped you um, along the way? I don't think anyone's specific in mm-hmm. general. I think just you know from a variety of different peoples, I've just kind of gathered input and information from them and kind of they all have shaped me to be kind of the leader that I am. Fantastic. Brian, how about you? Um, I, I have to be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Tony Dungy, oh, okay. his, his book, uh, Quiet Strength. And I love the way he leads, besides the fact that he turned around my Buccaneers that were <laughs> so horrible for so many years. So I'm indebted to th- for that as well. But um, I just loved his style of leadership and, and how he did it without having to do that. And he cared about the community and believed in giving back. And there was such a respect for him that the players did not want to disappoint him. You know, so it was always a team effort. He always kept the level head. And um, I really appreciated that. Personal uh, mentors that I've had, I've had some really awesome football coaches, both in college mm-hmm. and in high school, that meant a lot to me. Keith Wiley, our director, and I'm not just saying this, but he's he, he cares about his people. Um, he's always there to help. He'll listen to you. Mm-hmm. We don't always agree. Christina and I don't always agree, but we're going to be respectful yep. in, you know, making a decision if their decision is the decision I, i'll respect that so i i really appreciate that that the communication and this that that kind of that kind of leadership well since you kind of touched on a little bit there um you know disagreeing not disagreeing or, or trying to move any unique leadership challenges perhaps that you have faced in your long career here in pasco county and you know uh, just how did you work through them I think, I don't know if this is as specific as you're asking, but I would say something that's challenging for me is we partner with a lot of co-sponsor leagues okay. and partners, which mm-hmm. are awesome partnerships, but they're very large. They serve, they have a lot of volunteers and they serve sometimes, in some cases, thousands of citizens. So it can be difficult keeping everybody on the same page. Sometimes they want something that we can't provide right away or as quickly as we'd like to. I know. So I'm, I want to uh, be there for my team, but I also want to be there for them and work through those issues. So was, the bottom line is it comes to really good communication mm-hmm. and communicating all the time. <clears throat> I don't think you can really communicate too much. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's been challenging, but fun, but <laughs> so, maybe so, not always fun. But so, so, <laughs> so you're kind of seeing sometimes that those external influences, you know, kind of, you know, boy, if you were to completely uh, cave is the wrong word, but you know, if you, you, you kind of do things that, that benefit that, that it puts a strain on your team. So you're, exactly. you're trying, you're trying to balance those things because ultimately, right. I mean, they're, they're still a customer and, and exactly. there's, and there's, there's issues that, that come with that. And I, I, 
Yeah, that's always it's always tough trying to balance internal and external stakeholders sometimes right. because ultimately, I mean, we have to be externally focused because we are, you know, we are serving a government customers. organization and we are serving. Um, and and you want you want to find win win. So I think you're spot on with with communicating because it's through that open communication you're going to find what those interests are and right. what you thought an external or an internal stakeholder really wanted wasn't really that right right you know so you, you and when you focus on those interests you find win-wins so christina anything you want to add to that i think in addition to that because we are such a large team right mm -hmm. we have so many parks across the entire county and across the organization and you know each park has a different community need each one has you know different team members different sizes um park sizes vary field numbers vary right i think are different. correct so mm -hmm. there's so many differences across our entire department that sometimes just you know kind of getting input and feedback and kind of coordinating to make sure that you are providing the resources to all the parks, you know, as they need, I think has been a challenge for us because it's not that, you know, it's not as easy as just walking into Brian's office, right? Some of our parks are an hour away to go visit them. So, you know, kind of just making sure that balance of, you know, going to the sites, um, meeting the team, seeing how they are, making sure that you're doing that across the board. It just kind of tends to be, um, it, it can be a strain. And I think the other thing that we've talked about is, you know, Parks, Recreation and Natural Resources. Yes, we're a very long name. And I think that's one of the things we do a lot of, right? We, we have a lot of variety and different things that our department is responsible in doing. So I think one of the other aspects is, you know, on some of our divisions, we do environmental permitting. We manage mm -hmm. preserves and conservation areas. We deal with little leagues, right? So our business is very varied in size yeah. as well. So the projects and the scale of things could be completely completely different day to day and just project to project. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that we, we thank you for doing it. It's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a tough job, but you know, it's, it's so forward facing. And like I say, you, you do a good job of it because time and time again, our, our citizen surveys come back and it's always highlighting the great work that our, that our parks team does. Um, let's talk personally for a second here, you know, as, as leaders in the organization, you know, uh, Covey would always say sharpening the saw is important. Christina, how do you continue to build and hone your leadership skills? Um, I think a kind of variety of things. So as far as, you know, uh, knowledge and skills, you know, we go as a, as a department, we go to a lot of national conference and state conferences and kind of seeing, you know, what is the next parks thing that's coming online? What are, you know, things that, you know, or other organizations have struggled with that we're struggling with? And how do we get, you know, those feedbacks and skills? We also do a lot of 360 evals in our department okay. to see, you know, how our leadership skills are, how can we tweak and change them? How can we better, um, you know, serve our team members. So we kind of do a mixed bag of making sure that we gain more knowledge and skills and also making sure that we ask for feedback from those who we are serving mm -hmm. um, to make sure is, you know, are we doing a good job? What things can we do to tweak or change to be a better leader for you? Um, so those are kind of some of the things that I do, at least. Awesome. Awesome. Brian. Yeah. And uh, yep, the N NRPA conference is a certainly one. I like to I like to watch people. I like to watch people lead. Miss Kathy uh, Pearson. Um, I love the way she leads. She tr truly cares about her people. She certainly she, does. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, and Keith. But just other I honestly even coaches. I love studying coaches and seeing how they lead their teams and what they do under pressure and so forth. So it's always interesting. So that's another way, just just reading and, and kind of just studying people that I believe 
are successful and are good leaders, just seeing how they do things. You know, you talk about coaching a little bit there. Um, what, I mean, what do you think about that? Um, is that is that an opportunity for us, you know, positive coaching or, or things to kind of push, you know, push out there into the community to help with that? Because oftentimes your coaches are just, you know, a mom or a dad, yes. they were just yeah. the last person to nose goes, right? And <laughs> uh, and they ended up and they ended up uh, coaching um, and they do it out of love for their kids, obviously, but, but you affect, you affect lives. I mean, I, I did youth coaching yes. uh, for the same reason for my kids. And it's very rewarding when you're in a Publix and you see the one of the stock boys coach and you're like, yeah, who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. um, but but it's also it's kind of helping to build future future Absolutely. leaders. So, you know, what um, you know, so kind of, you know, mixed bag there, you know, kind of some questions with that. But how are we what do you look for when we're hiring uh, future leaders in the organization? How do we? I, I know that. for me, there's a, a few things that are obviously very important with any leader. It can be yeah. in recreation, it could be a coach, anything. But I, I think humility is extremely important. Okay. Um, enthusiasm, particularly in parks and recreation, you need to be enthusiastic. Passion, if it's if if, if you're passionate about it, it's not work. Um, and and always having, I, I look for people with a level head that when things get tough, you're running a big event or whatever it might be. You're the steady. It's not a sign to panic. <laughs> yes. I, I love. I, I'll tell a quick story because it's just coming to mind. But I love the story about Joe Montana. They're playing the Cincinnati Bengals. It's in the Super Bowl. I don't know if you've heard the story before. No. They're on the eight yard line. They got ninety two yards to go. There's they're just on top of the two minute warning. There's about two and a half minutes left in the game, and he was sensing that the team was, yeah, that moment, the biggest moment of their lives. And one of the, the I think it was his right tackles, really kind of freaking out. So he recognizes this and I guess John Candy's sitting, he's in the front row. And uh, so he kind of, they're, they're at a TV timeout and he kind of just stops and he's like, hey, it's John Candy over there, check it out. And they kind of just all chuckle about it. But he he recognized that his team was getting kind of, oh, this, this might be too big of a moment for us. And he calmed him down, points out John Candy, you know, get a little chuckle and the rest is history. They go 90 two yards, score the touchdown, win the Super Bowl, and the rest is history. But I love that story because I see it sometimes, even with myself and with my own team, where things are getting a little hectic. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, you got to be, you got, if you're frantic, then nobody feels security. So you got to have that, that calm, calm mindset. So yeah, you keep that. You so keep I look that for that. Of mind. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. Christina, what about you? So uh, kind of along the lines of Brian, someone who's, you know, problem solving, has a lot of charisma, um, someone who, you know, you know, wants to get things done, but ultimately someone who cares about who they work with, you know, what they're doing, you know, the ultimate outcome, you know, how what they're doing impacts the community or impacts the kids that they're working with or the, the people attending their Looking program. for that passion, right? Correct. So, yeah. I mean, I think those are kind of um, kind of key ones. But at the end of the day, I mean, someone who really wants to be here and wants to do kind of right for the community is is one of the biggest things we need. Because without that passion yeah. and that drive to want to do, um, you know, they may not be in the right position to mm -hmm. be there. Mm -hmm. And I think for us in our department, that's something that we look for in all of our positions, not necessarily just in a leadership type role, sure. because sure. any person on our team is a leader and will be a leader, you know, for that day, for that event for that task that they're doing. So it's something that we want to make sure that all of our team members have. Well, that's fantastic. And, and and along those lines, what what do you do to help build future leaders? I mean, within parks, right? Because 
we're all either going to get promoted, we're going to move on. Well, except for Brian. Brian, <laughs> I, guess, I guess he's going to retire here, which, <laughs> which is great, fantastic. Likely. You know, but <laughs> but yes. but as but as folks as folks move on, how how are you deepening that bench? So, I mean, I think one thing that we've been definitely focusing on is sending um, our team members to, you know, the Florida Parks Recreation Conference so they can get more skills Mm -hmm. and more knowledge. Um, We've recently developed um, our own kind of like mentor program for our department. So any team member on our team can basically apply. It's similar to LDP, but kind of just for our department so they can see if they're interested in being a higher position, what that position entails, what are the things that they have to do. And ultimately, that way they can kind of know these are the skills or knowledge that I need to have in order to be for that position. Um, and I think the one of the biggest things that we are trying to create um, in our department is, you know, the sense that Parks and Rec really is a career path, yeah. right? Yes. It's no longer, Good. oh, it's just my temporary, you know, summer job or I'm just out there mowing, right? It is a true career in the sense. So whichever direction you take, whether it's in groundskeeping, whether it's in recreation, it is a career. So as, you know, we tend to um, elevate and, and educate everyone as, you know, Kind of like Brian. Well, I was going to say, Brian, Brian's the poster child right here for it, right? Absolutely. So I think that's something that we've been focusing on is kind of, you know, doing that and demonstrating them that they can come in entry level and, and, you know, with the skills and knowledge and abilities, they can move all the way up and make it a career for them. That's that's fantastic, you know, and showing team members that you do have a career path, right? Mm-hmm. That that was that was one of the things I noticed when I first came here as well into the yeah. county that we we needed to really provide folks with, hey, here's some hope. Mm-hmm. Right. You can actually stay here. You don't have to wait for the person in the position above you to die yep. before you have to write. That's your typical government uh, yep. you know, viewpoint on things um, that that you you can you can do things. And I love the way that you guys uh, expose them to other stuff because that's that's important. And, and even keeping them within the department. Do you find that helps with your retention and, and recruiting Absolutely. efforts? Involve them in the process. Let, mm-hmm. They they should be part of the process, part of the de- decision making. If we're having a budget meeting, have entry level positions join the budget meeting. Let them ask questions. Let them be part of that whole process. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and then blame the county administrator when your stuff is approved, <laughs> right? You know, well, but at a minimum, it's one of those things. If they learn the process, right, it helps them better prepare in the future on you know what things to ask for, how to ask, exactly. and make sure that everything that they submit, you know, we can they can follow through. Because it's one of the ways we can get buy-in, right? So at the end of the day, if they can see where they submitted and follow it through, and regardless of the answer, at least see an outcome, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of helps build credibility with our team and kind of aspects that we do care about their input and their input is important. And at the end of the day, it may be something that gets funded that ultimately helps them, right? So it, it kind of helps open our lines of communication with them. Wow. Wow. You got a position for me there? That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, guys. Wonderful. Any advice you would give to anyone out there trying to start a career uh, in in this in your field? Any anything that you would you would tell them just little little tidbit uh, as they're starting out? I would say uh, you, you got to love people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's I'll probably be repeating myself here, but, you know, just be enthusiastic. Right. Make sure you're passionate about it. I always say we kind of work when other people play. So, Schedules can be a little crazy sometimes. It's 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 different, but it's yeah. so rewarding. But you yeah. got you gotta sincerely love people, in my opinion. In any in any public service, I think you do, but mm-hmm. particularly yeah. in Parks and Rec. Correct. I mean, I think I think 
uh, you know, as Brian said, someone who at the end of the day cares about our community, right? So um, you're going to see a variety of, you know, people anywhere from, you know, a newborn and toddler time to, you know, senior programs. So at the end of the day, I think just whether you're out mowing, you know, some grounds, whether you're out doing a program, there's going to always be people interaction. So I think making sure that, you know, you want to work with people. But I think another aspect of it is, you know, kind of having that like education and skill and drive, right? Um, with Parks and Rec, things are constantly updating, modernizing, changing, you know, as new technology and new things that the community is into, right? So I think someone who's eager and passionate about what's the next thing, you know, right now it's pickleball courts, right? So everyone wants pickleball courts <laughs> What is everywhere. this pickleball, right? <laughs> this is great. Um, and so just kind of make sure that it's something that change, you're change. you're in kind of for the long haul because change is constantly coming and, and change is constantly going to be here and just making sure that you kind of want to come in for the ride and ensure that you know, whatever the community is interested in, let's figure out to see if we can make that happen for them. Wonderful, guys. Wonderful. Well, that um, in terms of formal questions, that's all I've got. But the um, I've got a couple of rapid fires. Oh, gosh. Are you guys, you guys ready out. for this? Nervous. Yeah, are you ready? <laughs> all right. All right. Here we go. Christina, what's your go-to snack? Ooh, Snicker bars. Snicker bars. Nice. Brian? Oh, probably chocolate. Milk chocolate. <laughs> milk chocolate. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Christmas. Christina, one place you want to visit? Uh, Australia. Australia. Love it. Love it. Uh, let's see here. Summer or winter, Brian? Winter. Winter. We get, en we get enough summer, so I'll take a little winter. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Just a little our, bit of winter. Our winter isn't really winter. Just so. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of works that way. Um, booster seats or high chairs? I mean, I don't know if I can see where I'm sitting right now, but I'm going with booster seat right now. That was great. That was really good. Uh, let's talk uh, Ann Perkins or Leslie Nope? Oh, ah, <laughs> Leslie Nope. Ah, perfect. Perfect. We'll throw back there to Parks and Rec. Yeah. It's just like that, right? Just like Yeah, the show? just like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, night out or night in? Ooh, in. 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 All right, movie or book? Movie. Movie. We got it. All right. Last one. One celebrity you want to follow on social media? I mean, I'm a big, big hockey fan. So Victor Hedman is my favorite hockey player. My dog is <laughs> named after him also. So probably. Fantastic. <laughs> Christina, Brian, listen, thank you for being here today. It was awesome to have you all here. You. And special thanks to our media relations team who makes this effort possible. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Pasco Podcast. I'm Mike Carballa, and we'll see you next time. information on Pasco County government, please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.